coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Hi, this is Barbara Gon Mueller. Um, my late husband, Robert Mueller, and Ben Ferenz were close friends. They both had the same philosophy that peace begins with each of us, and it's what we do that creates the peace on the planet. But you know, it's not often that you meet a person who holds a place in history like Ben Ferenz. Um, he's the last living prosecutor of the biggest murder trial in history for the Nazi war crimes in World War II. You know, I could go on and talk about the millions of people who were murdered. And I could talk about at the age of 27, he was able to be on that trial, convicted them, and he is an advocate for the rule of law and the creator of the International Create Court, Criminal Court. Am I correct about that, Ben Ferenz? Oh, yes. I'm glad to have an opportunity of saying a few kind words about Robert Mueller, who was really a very distinguished person. Uh, and uh, what distinguished him most, I think, in my mind, was that he had a big heart. Uh, his, as I did, were interested in saving humankind by eliminating war-making. Now, that sounds a little bit absurd, but uh, it's not an easy thing to do. We have glorified war-making for centuries, and uh, we cannot expect to change and reverse that in the course of one human life. Well, we miss Robert Miller. He recognized his calling. He'd worked at the United Nations and afterwards he had been very active in setting up a first international criminal court in, I think it was Costa Rica or someplace in, in, in Africa. It didn't last for very long, but it was there and it was a precedent that he had pushed that and his capacity as a UN official and later in his personal capacity. So. Well, you know uh, you knew you you know a lot about Robert Mueller. You knew that he was as you with a big heart and had to work for peace. But you were very focused, and he was very focused. And you were both born on the same day, March 11th. I was unaware of that, <laughs> and then I celebrated to Robert Mueller belatedly for not having made his hundred years. I have, uh, but uh, he tried to make up for it by uh, still continuing to work at a time when most people had retired. And uh, he was uh, determined to continue with his goal, which was a more humane and peaceful world. And it's a goal we both shared. It is a goal you both shared. I spent 17 years being married to him. And I felt like sometimes that what I heard from him were the words of many of the, his ancestors, people who believed that peace is possible. And as I listen to you, Ben, I also feel that, you know, your heart is melting because there's so much sadness on our planet and war just doesn't work. I remember one of the things you said on your um, interview on, was it 2020 or 60 Minutes? Or both? I've had so many broadcasts on different uh, 60 Minutes, I think, ran a couple of shows on me. And uh, uh, I think they're still going. And what you said was, War makes criminals and murderers out of innocent men and women. That's a very important point, which is often ignored. Uh, 
I'll give you an example. Take a minute for it because it's worth the time. One of my, I was a chief prosecutor at the age of 27, my first case, the biggest murder trial in human history. I convicted 22 high-ranking Nazi officers selected on the basis of their rank and education. Many of them had PhDs, one had two PhDs, and accused them of murdering over a million innocent people because of their race or their religion. They were mostly Jews and gypsies. And uh, I felt that this was a, a terrible thing. And uh, it was more difficult for me to select the 22 defendants because the limit was 22. We only had 22 seats in the courtroom. And I thought it's quite ridiculous. I have 3,000 men whose reports to the front I had, top secret German reports, listing how many Jews they had killed in how many towns and who was the commanding officer. And I had to select from those 3,000 men, 22 who would fit the seats in the courtroom. So it was clear to me at the beginning that I couldn't possibly talk about justice being done. And you pick 22 and the rest of them go free. That's not justice. And so I realized that if this trial was going to make any impact on the world, uh, it had to be something broader than that. And so I asked the court to affirm by international criminal law the right of all people to live in peace and dignity regardless of their race or creed. And uh, the court accepted that. That was the same plea that Robert Miller was making wherever he went. It's the right of all human beings to live in peace and dignity. My opening statement as vengeance is not our goal, nor do we seek here adequate compensation for the victims. The case we present is a plea of humanity to law. And that was absolutely the same goals which Robert Miller tried to get through while he was working at the United Nations, where he tried afterwards the setting up a first international court in Latin America. And uh, he was guided by the same thoughts that we had. So we were in fact close friends we shared our, our notes and our books, and uh, we miss him. But it's up to lovely people like you and your believers to carry on. And uh, I am convinced that it can be done. It is so stupid today, that's what we do. Well, we spend billions of dollars, billions of dollars, to create bigger weapons to kill more people. The nuclear weapons are already obsolete. Now we go into cyberspace. From cyberspace, we can cut off the electrical grid on planet Earth so that all people on this planet will be dead within about a week, depending upon how much water they have. Uh, that is our capacity today. So instead of spending the money to meet the legitimate claims of people who are suffering, either because they can't get emigration in the United States, they take their babies away from them to make sure that they don't come back. and uh, uh, so it's, it's a very difficult thing to do in a short period of time. It can't be done in a short period of time as I'm learning. And there are crimes being committed as we speak. In various parts of the world, I have one of my reports comes in with the current status all around the world. So it would be enough to discourage somebody, but I'm sure Robert Miller was not discouraged as I was not discouraged. And there's only one thing to do if you say it is so stupid to spend your money 
trying to kill more people, use the money to help the people with their legitimate complaints. This becomes a goal and it's attainable. It's absolutely attainable. Uh, you just take the money away from the nuclear weapons and from the cyberspace weapons and you use it to create jobs and health reform and free education for the kids who want to go. These were things that Robert Miller and I both believed in as being possible but it's not possible to do it in one human life. And uh, I look forward to the young children everywhere. I lecture everywhere I can, universities all around the world. I have several big biographies of me come out. One is 700 page one in German, mostly in German. And uh, uh, so I know that we must not give up. Right. And my, my slogan, to young people, I give them three pieces of advice. One, never give up. Two, never give up. Three, never give up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You have just said in a different way what I got from all the interviews. I've been watching you for the past week. I love what you've been doing. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Now, you said this, and this would describe Robert to a T. It takes courage to not be discouraged. Yes, and I wanted to make the point you started out at night in the finish. War makes murderers out of otherwise decent people. Right. <laughs> My lead defendant, Dr. Otto Ollendorf, handsome man, father of five children, fairly honest on the trial, uh, general in the SS, and his unit under his direct command, according to his report, was they killed over 90,000 Jews. And when asked at the trial, do you admit that 90,000 Jews were killed? And he said, no. So where did you come off with that? We have your report. Oh yes, he said, but some of the core commanders, they like to exaggerate the body count. And so they felt more important and more deserving if they said they killed more than they actually killed. And I said, would you say about 60 or 70,000 would be adequate? Oh yes, that would be quite all right. There's a man, educated, Dr. Otto Oldendorf. And he said, how do you explain that? I went down to the death house. I knew that he would be sentenced to death and he was sentenced to death. And uh, I, we had never spoken man to man. And I thought, let me go down and talk to him. And I asked him in German if there's anything I could do for him. I thought he would might say, well, look, uh, tell my wife I love her, tell my kids I'm sorry. Uh, say some, some sign of remorse or regret. None. He said, we did it all in self-defense. Where do you come off with self-defense? Nobody attacked Germany. The Germans attacked France, Belgium, Holland. But, and so where do you come off with self-defense? He said, yeah. but." Hitler knew that the Russians planned to attack us. And Hitler had more information than I had. So if they're going to attack us, then we had expert legal opinions. It's justifiable in anticipatory self-defense to strike first. Well, I said, that's a no good argument at all. It's a bad argument because you're going to kill all your neighbors and so on. And the three American judges agreed with me. And they said, this is not an adequate defense and Ollendorf was hanging by the neck for eight minutes until pronounced dead. And I had the certificates. They invited me to come to the hanging. I declined, but they sent me a tape. 
But what is even more interesting today is the President of the United States, the current President, Mr. Trump, in his first appearance at the United Nations, American presidents are always invited to appear at the General Assembly. He appeared there and he said, I'm talking to the head of state of North Korea. If you threaten us or our allies, we will totally destroy you. I said, Mr. President, how do you totally destroy a country? You line them all up and you shoot them all, as the Einsatzgruppen did, machine gun them or individual cuts, kill them all. And uh, he said, self-defense is permissible. It's the President of the United States talking. He said, we will take whatever action is necessary uh, and we will totally destroy the country. He made the same argument in essence that had been made mm. by Dr. Otto Ollendorf mm -hmm. in the Einsatzgruppen trial for which he was hanged. And uh, I didn't feel very good about that. I'm not talking about politics. Just as a human being, to see it still being repeated as an acceptable argument, despite, despite the effect of humanity. And what we really need to change the hearts and minds of people so they're ready to insist upon change and recognize that compromise is not cowardice and that you must be willing to understand the other fellow's point of view and be willing to reach a compromise through compassion and through understanding of what they're trying to do. Well, we have a long way still to go to educate people, but we're making progress. We do have universal declarations of human rights, things like that, which Robert Miller worked on for all of his life too. And uh, I am not pessimistic, I'm realistic. Uh, we're getting there. I have only lived 101st years. I can't die yet. I'm too busy. <laughs> Don't die. No. You know, you said something. You're not pessimistic. You're moralistic. Is that what I heard Moral, you say? Morality is necessary to it. Can't be moral. It can't be moral to kill thousands of children and say you're doing this in the interest of anything. You just uh, gave me a new word that I'm going to use because everybody always says I'm so enthusiastic for peace. And you know what enthusiasm means? It means with God. And if I can't be with God and be moral and take everybody I meet as a human being and love them, I can't go on. I have to practice what you've been talking about. I have to practice what Robert Mueller taught me. And there I am. Well, I want to point to another fact, which I'll give it to precisely. I was a liberator of many of the concentration camps. That was my job during the war. Get in there fast before they can destroy the evidence of the crimes. And I got into the camps and saw the dead people lying on the ground. Their eyes pleading for help. The crematoria still going. The SS trying to escape. Occasionally, the inmates would catch an SS man and beat him to death or cook him alive. I've seen that too. I saw the effect of vengeance there too. Um, and seeing all that, I said, God, why you let this happen? Mm -hmm. God, where were you? God, where are you? I must admit, God and I are apparently not much on speaking terms. I'm still waiting for an answer. Mm -hmm. And the answer I gave myself is, don't try to pass the buck on anybody. You want to change, try to change it. And I've been doing that all my life with the help of people like Robert Miller. We're not alone. There are many people who believe 
that a humane approach is better for humankind than killing everybody you think may be your adversary. So that's the world in which I still live. I'm just too busy to die. <laughs> and uh, I'm hoping that people like you and any young people who may see this will recognize that war making itself is the biggest crime of all. It's a crime against humanity. I used the term genocide for the first time in a criminal case in my Einsatzgruppen trial. I said what they did was genocide. And uh, we have to think in terms of compromise and compassion. And uh, we're getting there slowly. I hope you get there. Uh, I don't know whether Mark Robert Moore is waiting for me or waiting for him, but uh, I'm not discouraged by it. Don't expect perfection, no matter what. Even the criminal law, if you prohibit rape, for example, which is a horrible crime and should certainly be prohibited, and it is prohibited. If you didn't have a court and a police force to enforce it, certainly the rape, rape would go up. I saw it in Berlin when the Russians got there. They raped everything in sight. They were getting even with the Germans. And uh, uh, so it what takes can I time. Say? You know, you have just outlined what Norman Cousins says. History is a vast early warning system. You've just given us a warning. If we do not have the morality and the courage to go forward and make the change that is needed on our planet. And I can tell you about all the people that I work with who are trying to do just that. But that's why I wanted you at 100 years to explain to the world that we must take action that allows the world to see that war does not work and it creates war criminals because they're taught that by the political system. Am I not correct on that? Absolutely correct. You've summed it up very nicely. Norman Cousins was another friend of ours who, who also dedicated much of his life seeking a more humane world. And it's people like you and the next generation are gonna carry on. <laughs> and uh, don't be discouraged, never give up because you're right and we're right. A peaceful world is what we need and we've got to be ready to create it no matter how difficult it may be. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for never giving up. I read once that if, when you are of service, you can live forever. When you have a purpose that sometimes goes beyond your wildest dreams, that's when you are unforgettable and people will remember your words. I remember Robert speaking to crowds of people and them changing their mind about what they could do. They didn't even think they could do anything. They just felt so helpless. But when you hear people like you, Ben, and when you hear my late husband, Robert Mueller, he decided that he was going to be happy and he decided he was going to be optimistic. And I'm going to add moralistic. And he wrote those 7,500 ideas and dreams for a better world. And may I quote you in one of our good morning world messages? Of course. <laughs> because when you add the words that you just did to the tragedies that you've seen, and you didn't let them get you down, you didn't, you weren't, you're haunted, I know you are. You can't help it to be not haunted by your memories, right? Yes. I uh, ended my presentation to the court by saying these offendants were the executioners 
who wrote the blackest page in human history. Life was their toy and death was their tool. If these men be immune, then law has lost its meaning and we must all live in fear. Prosecution arrests its case. Ben, I got chills just listening to you right now because I was at the Hague Appeal for Peace, the 100th year anniversary, and I knew the history there. I could feel it in my bones. We have to carry that with us. This DNA that we have for peace was given to us by the peacemakers who have gone before us. And I always say on whose shoulders we are holding this world together. And you are one of my heroes and you know that. And I want you to know how much the world appreciates you. And I'm sure you've heard this over and over again because you have heard the words that people have said to you, but your words count, words count. If people don't say war doesn't work and peace will be possible, it won't happen. We have to watch what we say and work for what we want. Bravo. Bravo. Thank you so much for your help. Thank you all of you for your help. All right, Ben, you have a last word? Thank you. Thank you, too. God bless you. Bye. Bye-bye for now.